This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 64, Spotlight on Oz, the Great and Powerful. Welcome to the show. This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 64. We're taking a look, it's our spotlight on uh, the Oz, the Great and Powerful uh, movie. I am your host, Adam Chapman. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Kelly Chapman. And uh, so, when uh, we were going to do this episode, we were, so we got to see the Oz Great and Powerful. Now, it did come out a few weeks ago, but we finally got a chance to see it on Monday. Yep. So this is going to be the first of our summer, well, it's spring, but we'll say this year's big movies, spotlights. Uh, so you'll see, you'll hear a few of these in the upcoming months. Uh, this one's a little bit delayed. We were going to see the movie when it first came out, but, uh, you know, there's things going on. People are busy. So, uh we also take this opportunity to apologize. Uh, we usually like to keep to a pretty rigid, rigid schedule with getting these uh, uploaded for you guys, but this one's a bit late, so we do apologize. Uh, I was sick, so it's my fault. <laughs> wow, yeah, we didn't. We don't have to assign blame, but okay. Well, Adam would never <laughs> be late with a podcast. <laughs> no, once in a while. Um... So before we jump right into it, uh, we do just want to. Put it out there that there will be some spoilers. Um, we're not going to intentionally. Some. We're going to spoil the crap out of this. Oh, you're going to spoil the crap out oh, of yeah. this. Oh yeah, I'm first not going to directly spoil. First but of all, we're this, talking about the movie. It's going to happen. This came out weeks ago. I feel like we're okay. allowed to spoil. All right, there's spoilers. <laughs> Just so y'all know. All right, so to jump into the movie. So I mean, for those who aren't aware of what the movie is about, uh, for those who haven't seen it yet, Odd the Great and Powerful is basically functions as a as a prequel to the what 1939. I remember the original movie. The original Wizard of Oz that everyone kind of knows with Judy Garland. Um, it's a prequel to that. Instead of following her, we do follow instead the adventures and misadventures of the wizard yeah. uh, when he first arrives in uh, in Oz. So he basically is in Kansas. He is in Kansas when he gets swept away, yep. is he not? Yep. And he gets swept away to, and uh, to the Maryland land of Oz, and uh, he immediately finds himself... Uh, kind of thrust into... Into the thick of it. Into the thick of it, yeah. yeah I guess that's a way of putting it. Um, we should point out, the, the movie is based on the writings of Frank Baum. Uh, based on the writings, but not based on, on any the particular story. Well, but unlike Wicked, which a lot of yes. people know from the musical that's been so popular the last, the last few years, which is not based... It, it's based in the same world, but it's not uh, the same creator. It's not the same storyline. It doesn't fit into the same continuity. Mm. Yeah, the, uh, it's an interesting choice to try and do a prequel to Wizard of Oz because I don't, as far as I know, L. Frank Baum didn't do a lot on the in the early part for the Wizard, so they're kind of filling in blanks. Yeah. Uh, to, but they are doing it to fit into an established chronology, yeah. whereas Wicked is they more of a tip. Their best. It's more of a tip of the hat, but it's not. It's doing its own thing at the same time. It is. Yeah. There's. They've added some stuff that that doesn't necessarily fit with the Wizard of Oz. No, because they, they do their own thing. Whereas this one. Well, I don't know. Like, it, it obviously is, is set to function. At, it's it's a weird movie in a lot of ways because it can't really have a full climax because the climax to the wizard's story isn't here. It's later in Wizard of Oz, and even then, like he's he's still a cad. It's an origin piece. Yeah. Okay. It's an origin piece. Okay. <laughs> you know, I I admit that you put you me guys in my like place. Origin pieces. You know what? You put uh, me in my place it's there. The origin of the character because in the beginning of this movie, he is very much. Uh, I forget the name they've given him, Oswald. Something. something something but by the end he's the wizard so it is it is how you see you know you it would be easy that much of a peter parker turns to spider-man you know do you think he really changes that much in terms of his character though oh definitely 
Okay, so we have a lot to talk about. Oh, excellent. It's interesting, we haven't actually talked about it. It's been four days, since we, or three days since we've seen the movie. I don't think we've talked about it at all. No, you were like, don't talk to me. Well, we'll do it live. As Nate would say. This, It'll be more exciting that way. As Nate would say, this is a podcast, stop talking. Because whenever we'd have a, ta- a conversation, oh. he'd be like, Adam, guess what? I'm like, what? This is a podcast, stop talking. And I'm like, okay. So, okay. Uh, I right. broke, let's so I bro- jump into it. I broke down, so a general overview, we've kind of, kind of hit that. Um, when Oz is thrust into the thick of it, and when he lands in the merry land of Oz, um, he ends up meeting three witches. Um, now I can't remember, Theodora, Evanora, and I guess Glinda. Um, now, how do how do you, do you like how the witches were portrayed? Uh, Theodora is the first one he meets, so that's uh, Mila Kunis. Different mm-hmm. name. Obviously, the witches have different names, except for Glinda, than they did in Wicked. Which they probably did intentionally because people would immediately associate it. Yeah, because it's not the same. No. Well, isn't it? Isn't no. Well, Theodora is the Wicked Witch, Wicked Witch of the West. And Theodora Al- is the Wicked Witch of the West. Yes. And isn't that Alphaba? Yeah, but Alphaba never had a sister. I thought she did have a sister. Did she? I think, wasn't there a sister? <sighs> Where's Amber when you need her? <laughs> anyway, don't quote us on okay. anything, apparently. We haven't done our research, but... Well, we've seen this movie. That's what matters. Yeah, the important thing is we're talking about this movie. One of the fact but is... Theodora is the Wicked Witch of the West in this movie. Yeah. Um, she's played by Mila Kunis. I loved her. Yeah? I thought she was one of the best cast. Um, really? You didn't like her? or? Um... Okay, let me talk. I really enjoyed her. I thought she was, it was really good the way she was so naive. She was just this naive little thing. She was, oh, I love you and we're going to be together and oh, you're going to save the world and just very, very wispy. Yeah. But I like that by the end, there's a lot that happens to her character. She gets tricked by her sister. Uh, She gets tricked into being wicked. By the end, she becomes the wicked wisp. Wicked Witch of the West So it really is a big transition for her And I thought she played it really well I found it was remarkably sexist How she became the Wicked Witch Because they basically played it that she was wronged by a man And that she was so fragile And so broken because of what this man had done to her That she became evil and crazy Okay I don't think that's that's, that, is I'm that not what happened to the character, Absolutely, though? but I'm saying my impression of Mila Kunis' acting okay. and the way she portrayed the character. She did an okay job. She didn't write the storyline. She didn't okay. decide the character. She was adorable. But I think she did a good job of it. She was adorable. She Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I think you're right. Given what she was written... She played naive well, and then she played the transition to Wicked okay. quite well. I will admit that. My problem is more with the writing... Gorgeous. My problem is more with the writing than and not That's necessarily fine. with Mila Kunis' portrayal herself. Rachel Weiss, I don't like her in anything. I actually liked her here. I and so she but, was the So Rachel Weiss is uh Mila Kunis' sister. She's well I guess they're all sisters, which is an interesting No. Yeah. They played that they were all sisters. No. Yeah. No. That was the whole point. No. Was it not? No. Yeah, no, that was. No. I thought the, the whole the point two... was that all three of them were sisters. No, you missed that. Did I just miss that completely? I thought the whole point was that all the witches were sisters. No, because they kept saying... Her father. Her father. Yeah. Her father, not they, our father. But they, I thought they even said our father. Or no. our king. Uh, okay. Not our father. I thought it was... Just the two wicked sisters. See, that would have been more interesting to me if they were all sisters. I kind of like that idea. So no. they weren't all sisters? I was just no, dumb? No, just the two of them. Damn it. Kind of. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of stupid. So Evanora, Rachel Weiss, is uh, Theodora's sister. And the Witch of the East. She's, yeah. I like that they played her up as being the more eviler, and then to set up Mila yeah. Kunis' character so to be the true So she actually tricks Mila Kunis into becoming wicked. Um, 
she basically, so Mila Kunis is in love with Oz. She thinks they're going to be together. Rachel Weisz uh, tricks her into believing that he doesn't care about her and that he's going to be with Glinda, which, I mean, he comes off as a bit of a player anyway, so he is a womanizer and probably wasn't not even going good, to end not, up with her. Not necessarily a good womanizer, um, But he though. didn't actually do anything wrong, so she's scorned. But uh, she didn't. He didn't actually hurt her. Uh, Rachel tricks her and convinces Theodora. I'm mixing names and actresses. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so tr- convinces her that they've been together and he's going to be with Glenda and you know she's not special and this and that. And I think that plays very well into Theodora's character being very naive and mm. trusting of everyone and trusting of this stranger that. You know, she trusts her sister. Why would her sister lie? True. Obviously, this is exactly what happened. So as much as you can say it's sexist that she was wronged by a man and becomes wicked, uh, she's given a poisonous apple yeah. by her sister. And yeah. it's actually the apple that brings out her wickedness. True. I did actually... And what changes I liked, her. What I liked so prior to that was that they had her kind of having those weird flashes of wickedness. Like when she blasted something without meaning to. That I actually really liked. Yeah. The idea that... Because I, I almost got the sense there that there's something... When, in her that she doesn't realize like wickedness comes from within yeah and yeah. i kind of like that that she was she couldn't control it and it was almost like almost like a split personality but not like she had access to this whole other side that she didn't even realize but then they went with the poison apple which it was a little bit easy to get there yeah but no okay i mean i, I thought she did a good job uh rachel weiss again i don't usually like her i'm not a big fan but uh, she played it well. She was she was good in this. She was a good villain, but not the true villain. Like at nope. the end of the day, it's really about the wicked, wicked, wicked witch of the West, because that's the iconic one. We've never seen the wicked witch of the East before, which is actually kind of well, why we see her feet. Okay, that's not the same thing. She's riding a broomstick. Okay, I guess during she, the yes. Okay, okay, so we have seen her briefly, okay. ever so briefly. <laughs> um, now, one thing actually, I was surprised. I was I thought they would. No, maybe I just missed this. It's possible. Do we never see any ruby slippers at all? Nope. Kind of thought we would. I thought maybe at the end we would see her wearing them, or if like one pan shot or something. Because I mean, that's the whole. That's up till now. It's really the only thing we've ever known about the Wicked Witch of the East. Yes. However, what I was thinking is that if this movie did really well, if it does really well, yeah, um, they could theoretically make another movie that fits in between this one and Oz, okay. possibly yeah. because Dorothy hasn't landed yet. There's a lot of stuff that can still happen. Mm. Um, we could see origin stories about the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, the Lion. Well, we kind of we had did that. sort of see the the Lion. Yeah, um, which I liked. I like I like nods. Whenever yeah. you do this kind of movie where it sits into a, uh, an established continuity, I like nods yeah. and winks at what comes next. But they could do a whole story stars. about the, where the ruby slippers came from. Yes, they could. It's possible. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like they've left some stuff open. If they had tied it neatly and the end of the movie showed her with the ruby slippers, or if they showed, you know, Dorothy landing at the end of the movie and mm-hmm. connected them right up, you would yeah. have no space left to fill in True. another movie. One thing I was curious about, and I wanted to get your take on, is uh, obviously in the original Wizard of Oz, it's very clear, at least in the, in the movie version, it's very clear that when she goes to Oz, she sees the analogs of the people that she knew, and then she comes home. Mm-hmm. Here, he is in Oz. Oz is a place... But he still, he still have the analogs. But he doesn't ever leave. So does that? Does that? Because to me, I don't think that fit as well. Like I, I get what they were going for. They're evoking the original. And the, yeah. But it, it just kind of felt awkward because he never goes home. So as far as we know, this is a real place. Yep. So what Adam's referring to is that um, there's two instances where 
um, characters in Oz are actually seen in his real life, um, mm-hmm. the wizard's real life, before he gets swept away and taken to Oz. Um, and that's the character of Glinda is actually a love interest of his in the beginning of the movie in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And uh, and connected to Dorothy somewhat. And connected to, oh, yeah. Because her name was Gail, right? Yeah. Uh, nope. Oh, she was going to she marry. She was going to marry someone named John Gale. So we, we think she was some Connect. form of relative. The only part of that seems weird is that again in the original Wizard of Oz, the wizard is around, like he isn't in Oz, because again it's all in Dorothy's head, right? So the the, the man who then brings her home, right? But that's all in her head. Which part is in her head? Oz is in her head, not the part where she gets brought home by the right. older man, who uh... is technically knows her. Again, when you say brought home by the older man, okay. that's creepy. He doesn't no, bring her home. Doesn't he bring her home? Cause no. Because well, he checks no. on her, though. He checks on her at the end. Oh. But when the storm starts, she runs off with Toto. That's right. And I he thought... says, poor girl, hope she gets home okay. That's right. Okay. It's been a while since I've watched Wizard of Oz. Obviously. <laughs> um, so she is a love interest in Kansas. Yes. And then... Played um, by Michelle Williams. Zach Braff. Yep. Michelle Williams. We have to get back to her. But Zach Braff plays uh, a character... He's... The wizard's assistant, basically. Frank. A nice, uh... Just, yeah. his name is Frank. This is the wizard's assistant. And then when we get to Oz, he plays the uh, winged monkey. Yeah, he's like a bellhop monkey. Yeah, a little bellhop monkey. It's adorable. I actually really um, like the animation on him. It's actually yeah, really it's, fun. Yeah, it's done really well. We can get into his character in a minute. But, um, so your question was, you know, if this is a real place and he's not going home and he's staying there, mm-hmm. then why are these characters the same the same deliberately like what i think they're meant to make him think of it yeah i think they're throwbacks um because especially with zach braff i mean in the end of the movie when oh they've won everything he calls him his partner oh i'm sorry i stepped on your on your point i apologize it's fine you didn't get to it yet i know in the end they've won (laughs) they've conquered the witches at least for now and um the wizard is handing out gifts to the people who helped him. And Again, he gets to Finley, who's the monkey, and uh, he says, you're my partner now. Um, I don't know the exact quote, but basically he says, I'm giving you the gift of friendship. And it's a very well done throwback to earlier in the movie when he told his assistant, Zach Braff, um, you're not my friend, you just work for me. Or something along those lines. He, yeah has a scene with him where he tells him basically, you know, piss off. We're not friends. Yeah. Um, and so I think the, I said that he goes through a big transition. Mm. And I think part of that is he's learned to have friends. Yeah. And the other part of that, an, another, sorry, part of that is that he learns to love. And I think having Glinda in the end, they share a kiss. I don't find the kiss to be particularly necessary to the storyline. No. Um, but it is a throwback to the girl that he let get away back home because mm-hmm. she comes to tell him, you know, John Gales asked me to marry him. What should I do? And he tells her, you know, I'm not meant for a simple life. I'm meant for greatness. And, you know, I think it's him learning to love and uh, accept love. Mm. And I think I think they're really well done. They didn't make every character in Oz someone who's from his past. The no. same with Dorothy. So I don't think it's done in the same way. I think it's it's, it's not a it's, it's not a good a, use. It's not as pervasive. It's not everybody. But the China girl is clearly the girl with the damaged legs. In 
Um, oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. Because the first thing he does, he sees her and she's got crushed legs. And, oh, that's amazing. And, I didn't realize and that. And he had said that he couldn't heal her. So what does he? the first thing he does is he heals her because he... This is amazing. I totally forgot about yeah? that. I was tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking at the IMDb page too and the same girl did the bo- both voices. Oh, obviously. So. Yeah, but, no. You know what? When I saw her, I thought that it was the same voice, but I hadn't really connected all this, the no, that was, symmetry or meaning. No, I, I, I kind of like that. The he's idea that... a magician and, you know, the girl in the audience... Crippled girl says, "Heal me, heal me, make me." Because she believes. Because she believes in his magic, and he says he can't. And then you know they boo him off stage or whatever. And one of the first times he gets a chance to, you know, air quotes, use his magic, um, when he gets to Oz is uh, they go to Chinatown, <laughs> and instead of being Chinatown as we all know it, it's it's like little China dolls, and it, they've they've kind been of adorable, really adorable. the The village has been ransacked and destroyed. And before we actually see the China doll, we see him pick up, you know, pieces of porcelain. And you can sort of make out a face. And I don't think you really realize that, you know, that's a person mm-hmm. that he was destroyed. Yeah. So he gets to a house and he hears a girl crying out for help. And it's this little adorable China doll. Anyway, he, uh, she's got broken legs. And he takes out his bottle of magic, and uh, which is really just glue. <laughs> and he... He fixes her. He makes her walk again. So, yeah, I hadn't really connected the dots, but it's it's great symmetry. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that it happens that early, relatively early in the film too, because it's still in his earlier on in his journey. Yeah. I mean, before he goes through most of his transitions, um, we have we've 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 danced around some of the acting. We actually haven't talked about James Franco himself. Wait, we didn't go to Michelle Williams. Well, should we talk about the? You said let's do the witches. The star. Okay, the witches. The last witch. Uh, Michelle Williams is Glinda. I liked her. I wanted it to be more pink. Well, because <laughs> this sounds like something I would. I know, say. but isn't Glinda very pink in the original one of uh, World yeah. of Oz, or whatever it is? The Wiz- yeah, Wizard of Oz. I just I thought she was more white witch than pink witch. Yeah, I don't think she's the pink witch necessarily. I, I think know. they did that because it was one of the you know early movies in color, and they were I know, but using I wanted, color. But I wanted to see that. I wanted to, I wanted the bubbles to be to pink. everything and being in black and white. Then being like, oh, look at this beautiful witch all in white. It's not the same. Whereas now we have so much technic, excuse me, technicolor. Everything is different shades of color. You don't need to. I know, but it, if if you're making it as a clear, you know, prequel, have her in a in a pink bubble. I don't think it's maybe in the in the next movie they'll show how she turns pink. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be the pinkening of Glinda. Maybe you don't That's know. Not, that is not a movie. You don't know. I'm going to write one. You're going to write that movie. I'm writing the movie. So you like? I her? thought I thought she was good. I thought she was a little bit wispy. Uh, as it's kind she, of the part, though. She tends to be, yep. It is kind of the part. Um, I liked her soft-spokenness. Uh, recently, Adam and I went to see the Broadway version of Wizard of Oz, and one of the things I disliked the most was the Glinda character. I'm sure she was a lovely singer. I'm sure she's a lovely, lovely person. But she was too abrasive. She was too loud. She was... She just... To me, she wasn't Glinda. She was trying to be funny. She mm. was... Glinda's very, warm. Yeah, it, she was not a warm character. She was also dressed in all silver, which... I like how they... I don't need it to be pink, but this was like glittery silver. I did like how Michelle Williams didn't oversell it. Yeah. She was more understated, which works well, especially when you have two very big, larger-than-life uh, witches. Like the two the evil witches, especially Mila Kunis when she goes through her transformation. Much more over-the-top, much more, you know, bombastic and, yeah. and villainy. I did, I did find her to be very good, very pure mm-hmm. and innocent. But also still able to have some good magic throwdown. 
That's true. I'm some glad there magic was. Throw I'm really glad there's a payoff there because I was like, you need if you're gonna have some some witches, you need. To, and plus, uh, when they had the the whole mention of, um, uh, you know, why don't witches, you know, you're a witch, where's your broomstick? Kind of the joke that Oz makes to uh, Theodora, and then later on when she, see, you see someone has like a thing of like basically a broomstick, and I'm like, she's gonna grab that broomstick. She's going to grab that broomstick, just waiting for it. And what does she do? She grabs that broomstick and she rides it out of there. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, you know, I, 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 I did enjoy the movie. I, I, I'm harsh in, in some areas, but uh, I did enjoy it. Um, so Oz himself, James Franco, what did you think? I liked him. I, I wanted to like him more than I did. Okay. Um, I don't know, something about, like... Like some of the faces he would make, and I was just—I I just thought sometimes he—he he played Oz is almost too much of a cad after certain developments had already gone through. But I think he did a great job with early Oz, yeah. and then getting to where Oz kind of centers himself and and becomes something more and does become a great man. It, it, like he—he he was there, but then some of the the facial expressions he'd make or the same way he'd handle certain lines felt like he stepped back a little each time. Can you give me a for example? Oh, I really can't at the moment. Well, then I and guess... If I was watching the movie again, I could point out certain expressions he makes on his face. Our listeners are not watching the movie as we talk. I, I not know, helpful. I know, I'm just saying. Like, overall, I think he did a good job, though. I mean, it's a tough part because the character is kind of a cipher. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know much about him. Um... Again, he, he's written as, as very much a cad. I wasn't totally sold on all of his transformation at the end, but I liked it enough. I'm, I'm curious. It's an interesting way to leave the movie. I'm interested to see if they decide they want to do a sequel to it or not, and how that would go. Because it just feel like it's ready for Well, Wizard we need the, the ruby slippers. We need Glinda to turn pink. Yeah. We need to find out where the China doll goes, obviously. <laughs> the monkey's going to disappear. Yeah. You know, because these characters aren't in The Wizard of Oz, so we gotta do something with them. My only problem with that is they set it up so nicely as for... The Wizard and Glinda aren't together. No. So they have to have their romance play out. True. But they just, they set up such a a clear... We didn't see the horse of a different color. Where does he come from? (laughs) How does he get to be a different color? All of these questions and more will be answered. (laughs) My question is just... If the the press is right. (laughs) They just leave off in such a clear, like, this is why the witches won't attack the Emerald City. And I just feel like anything more, they'd be able to figure out, like, more about why... I I guess it feels like a house of cards. They built it perfectly that you can see how Wizard of Oz comes next. Mm -hmm. If you build something else, I feel like it topples that house a little. Because the house is perfectly set for... The stage is set for Dorothy to eventually arrive. If we do a story in the middle, it starts to... I feel like it wobbles. Maybe. Does that make any sense? Meh. <laughs> Meh. Meh. I kind of uh, want to make a house of cards now. Okay. Uh, Zach Braff, what did you think of him? Loved him. He was actually really good. He, he was, was Zach Braff. He was Zach Braff. He was JT. I mean, anyone who's watched Scrubs. Yeah. That was the character. No, he, in a lot right. of ways. But I did enjoy the, I'm going to get the terms wrong, but the CG with the monkey. How yeah. they did it. Yeah. Well, I, I thought the, thought the facial right. expressions, I thought that it looked like him. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times you see a character and there's a voice, but the voice is disconnected from what you're seeing. I thought the voice was very much connected to the face that the voice was coming out No, of. that makes sense. I mean, it was very emotive. It definitely felt... It didn't feel, like, very... Um, it didn't feel artificial. It felt more or less real. Yeah. He it, he reminded me... This is stupid, but he reminded me of Donkey. Okay. In the sense that he was a, that little bit of comic relief. Yeah, um, I can actually Like in that. Shrek. Shrek is all serious and he's got to do this but and then he's got, got to do this. he got a funny sidekick. We have the little funny sidekick bouncing along next to him. And that's true. That's very much what Zach Braff was. He was that funny little sidekick cracking jokes 
Um, he made a really hilarious banana joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which reminds me of the onion comment. So that's, I'm okay. joining those together. But uh, what was the, oh, I can't even think of I'm going to quote it badly. Well, but Oz take... says, um, Go ahead. I can't remember how it starts. Do you remember? Don't like something about bananas. Yeah, it's something about bananas, and Oz says something about bananas, and uh, the monkey says something about oh what? Because I'm a monkey, I have to like bananas. That is a vicious stereotype. And Oz says, "Oh, sorry, you don't like bananas." And he says, "Of course I do. I'm a monkey. Don't be ridiculous." <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. Uh, I'm quoting it badly. But there he does are, have a lot of one-liners like that. Just funny, quippy comments mm-hmm. that... Uh, no, they play him well. And uh, I like, actually, the rapport between him and Oz is actually quite nice. Because mm-hmm. Oz basically is able to gain uh, uh, Finley's fealty, basically, and his loyalty as, like, a bond. So he's able to kind of say, okay, now that you're bonded to me and you have to kind of... Yeah. You have to repay your debt to me, I will tell you the secret that I'm not really this wizard that I think I am. So it allows mm-hmm. him to play off this character, someone who knows his secret, which is important because... And he basically, he's a, he's a cad. He knows that he's yeah. a fraud. You, you need to have him be able to have someone he can ping-pong off of in order to really see that, that development of the character. Because if the character was solo... There wouldn't be someone for us to see the change in him reflected off of. We need to have him talk it through as an audience to really help sell it. Yeah. He also uh, reminds me a little bit. You won't probably get this reference, but everyone else will. Uh, he reminds me of Dobby the House Elf from Harry Potter. Okay. Uh, he's a no. servant, and um, he belongs to the bad guys. Okay. And then he um, Harry Potter frees him. Okay. And then he ends up, you know serving harry but more so as a friend okay. anyway it's an interesting relationship but it sort of there was there was things that made me think of that as well hmm. that uh relationship uh two other actors i just wanted to make mention of before we kind of move on to other areas well bruce campbell's in it as a as a gatekeeper Meh. he's he's bruce campbell playing bruce campbell and yeah. same thing with ted Raimi. He's i was kind excited because i was like bruce campbell I know. And then it was. Just... Um, I really liked uh, Bill Cobbs, who I have only ever seen in the uh, sitcom Go On, and now I'm like, that's where he was. That's why he wasn't in that episode. Uh, in Go On, he plays a, a blind um, guy in the support group. Here, he's the master tinkerer, so or master tinker, sorry. So he's instrumental in helping uh, Oz kind of win his final battle. Uh, also, you have the legendary little person Tony Cox as uh, as Nuck. Who is uh, constantly wants to play fanfare, and then they finally get to do it. Yeah, when they kiss at the end. Oh yeah, he gets and, and that's fanfare. a running joke throughout the thing too. Yeah. Is he's always trying to grab his horn. And not to, now. And I was like, not now. He's like, and he's always about to blow, and he's like, ah. Oh. And they call him grumpy, doesn't he? Oh, he calls him a bunch of stuff. Because <laughs> he's always grumpy. Oz looking. refuses to get his name right. It's Knock. My name is Knock. Um. So acting. I want to move on to script for a bit. Sure. Because obviously I had some issues with the script. Um. I, I think I've mentioned previously. I have some issues with you. Okay, I've mentioned previously with you that uh, I, I've been I've, I've been hearing and reading a little bit more about um, L. Frank Baum and his kind of his world, and he was a lot of his literature was based in feminist feminist thought because his wife and his his uh, his mother in law were big into the feminist mu- movement, so he was definitely uh, impacted by it. And a lot of his Oz books were about strong female characters, uh, kind of 
you know, going about their own adventures. And I just thought it interesting that we get to jump back into Oz, and we do have it through a male protagonist, and which is just very different than any of uh, Baum's original books. Um, I'm kind of surprised that I guess I guess if you're going to go back to Oz and tell stories in this universe, it makes sense to do it in a way that ties it to the original, because otherwise people are going to be like, "Well, where's Dorothy?" Because people don't always realize there are tons of books that are set in Oz. But everyone only associates with the one. Uh, Return to Oz was years ago a very terrible movie that hey, related to Oz. Hey, it listen. was terrible. Um, it wasn't that good. I remember enjoying it as a child. Okay, I remember thinking, "What the heck is this?" There was good things about it. I'm sure there was. Be- I'm gonna I'm, watch it. I'm sure there were good things about it. You downloaded it for me. I'm gonna, I mean, paid for it or something. <laughs> I, we, I think whatever we the it. appropriate means to get movies this day is. He did that. And uh, I'm going to watch it and see how bad it is. Okay. I just remember those guys with the roller skates. Yeah, I don't remember that all that well. And the lady with the wigs. I could be making some of this up. No, were there any areas in the story that you particularly didn't really did enjoy or or didn't like? Um, One of the plot points that I wasn't necessarily sold on um, was just, so in the beginning, Theodora and Evanora... So he meets Theodora. She says, oh, you're the wizard we've heard of. We've been waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Come to my sister. We're going to, you're going to be the king. It's going to be great. And, you know, you'll defeat the witch and whatever. Yeah. So she, at this point, we're thinking there's some evil witch out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The bad witch. If you read anything about the movie ahead of time, you sort of already knew that Mila Kunis was the wicked witch. So this was maybe, you know, not a big surprise if you had read anything. But, uh... Evanora tells him, oh yes, there's this witch and she's evil and she killed her father and you have to defeat her and go, go, you know, take care of her. Okay, so he runs off with his little sidekick and he goes to defeat the witch and then he comes across Glinda and she's got, you know, a cloak on and she's in the gravesite. So from a distance she does look evil and she's lurking around and I mean it turns out she's just going to visit her father's grave but it does look like she's sinister and evil. So he steals her wand and he's about to break it when she, you know, pulls back the hood of her cloak and reveals herself and, you know, her sweet little voice and says, oh, you know, whatever she says, oh, I'm Glenda, I'm the witch of the good, blah, blah, blah. I just feel like he's on this mission. There's this wicked witch out there. He's going to kill her. And she's like, oh, hi, I'm a good witch. And he's like, okay. Yeah, okay. Like, I just feel like he was convinced way too easily that she was the good witch. Well, he was also, oh, you're the good witch. He was also convinced pretty easily that he had to do anything at all. Well, no, they tricked him with the gold. They're like, look at all this gold. And he's like, I'm going to kill anyone you want. Yeah, but I mean, like, he didn't ask many questions. Like, he was very much, no. go do this, do this for us, you get gold. Okay, done. No yeah, question. Yeah, the same could be said about Dorothy. Go kill the witch. Come to, back with her you broomstick. you get to go home. Right? Yeah. So it's the same idea. I just felt like there, that scene, there was no <laughs> least, convincing. But it was Dorothy just, wasn't tricked. I'm the good witch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I'll, uh... I'm on your side now. Yeah, that was kind so of... So I just, I just thought it... I mean, understandably, like, it was a good plot twist, if you didn't know it was coming. Um, I just felt like maybe they could have sold it a little more that yeah. know, needed some convincing. Getting to the weird place that it was protected by Glinda, I felt like that was kind of drawn out as well, because they go through, like, a giant wall of energy. Yeah. And it kind of made me wonder, too, like, it appears that everyone knows that Evanor is the bad, the evil witch. Yet somehow Theodore is stupid enough to not know. But it seems like only the people in that land. I guess, like but we never Emerald really saw City anyone. Didn't in, really know. We didn't really see anyone in Emerald City, though. But then they were there later. Yeah, but yeah, I guess. But then, but then it just seemed confusing. 
Like who's like there were some some issues because we didn't really see a lot yeah. of Emerald City. No, we did. We did see obviously, um, and even when they were in the the bubble area, that seemed to be Munchkin Land because that was where the beginning of the of the. I thought that too, but the Munchkins live there, the Tinkers live there, and then the yeah. third the farmers or something live there as okay. well. But eventually, it'll just be the Munchkins, maybe when they Possibly. can spread out. They did show a map at one point. There was this map that flashed across the screen. And it said, like, Glinda's Castle, Munchkinland, Quadling, something, okay. Emerald City. So they did set it up that there was different lands. And it, it looked like Glinda's Castle was in Munchkinland. So it's just possible that she lives near Munchkinland okay. and the other people came yeah. from wherever they were nearby. In In the original movie... She seems to be the protector of Munchkinland. Like, she does seem to have a close relationship, obviously, with the mm-hmm. Munchkins. So, mm-hmm. it's quite possible that she originally had a castle there and lived amongst them. Like, that's not totally far-fetched. Did the world seem a little smaller in some ways? Like, it seemed really fast for him. Like, it seemed like Dorothy had a longer trek to get, like, going from Munchkinland to the Emerald City. Like, that that was a long journey. It seemed well, she's like just a little girl. It would take her longer to walk. <laughs> It just seemed like he got places really fast. He's taller. He's longer t- legs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, it just because it felt more like when the original was uh, Wizard of Oz, it just felt more of a world. And this felt a little, a little tinier because it seemed like it was a lot easier to get places. But he didn't actually go all the way from Emerald City to Munchkinland. I guess not. Because Glinda flew him part of the way. I guess it's... So you can't really say how far that but was. Then they, they, flying but, but, then they, but they went from Munchkinland to... The Emerald City, and yes, they were in like a in carriage, a carriage. But it seemed pretty fast. Well, you know, two nights could have passed, and they just didn't show it. Mm. Remember the Hunger Games? <laughs> that okay. felt pretty fast. Fair enough. Um, what do you think about the um, like we talked about acting a bit of the script? Uh, what do you think of the visual effects? Now, I'm going to break this down in two different ways. Okay. One is the makeup and design. Well, because on on the, on the Wicked Witch. Like they, oh, okay. like obviously she's not Milikunas after a while. Like she looks like a witch. Um, you know, I didn't think about it, so I don't know if that's a compliment or a negative. It didn't. It wasn't something that I was like, oh my god, amazing. But it also wasn't like, ooh, they could have done better. Like just it was thought, just there. I thought it was done adequately. I kind of wish like they, it was fine. they just colored her face green. Which sounds stupid, but it felt more like almost like she was wearing Play-Doh on her face. Oh, I didn't because it added weird contours. Like, and her face just didn't quite look right for some reason. They have to make her look a little different. I know, but the original one. If they was... had just given her a green face, people would have been like, "Whoa, way to only take it halfway." I know, but it, as it is, it looked like they almost looked like she had a little bit of Play-Doh or plasticine kind of on her face. It was molded in her face. Like it, it, it didn't look. Here's an example: when Jim Carrey was the mask, I think that was more like obviously there was more animation involved, but that seemed much more like eye popping and 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 at times you'd have where you could tell like it wasn't really. Your best reference is more than 15 years old. I know, but that's that's what I'm saying. I think the mask almost looked a little bit better in terms of how the green pops and everything and how it looked on the face. Whereas I don't know if I really like this this hmm. effect as much on the on the face. Didn't know you cared so much about makeup. Well, makeup design and that kind of stuff. Um, now, what about... Uh, now, we talked briefly off podcast before, which we said we wouldn't do much of, but um, the beginning of the movie started in black and white, and then we moved into color. 
And I don't know if you noticed, Kelly, but the actual size of the screen actually it grew because you, they had cut, basically chopped off the edges, and you were just watching a, a smaller image when, when they were in black, in black and white land in Kansas. And then when they get to Oz, not only is it in Technicolor, but now they also enlarged the image. Yeah, I didn't notice. Didn't notice that? Okay. Nope. I was looking. I was looking for it. I knew it was it was coming, so I was excited about it. Um, so I, I was very excited to see that. I, I, now, what did you think of the colors? I felt... Well, go ahead. Um, they were good. They were good. Okay. I did feel a little bit at the beginning when, you know, he goes to Oz and he's sort of floating. His his balloon crash lands um, in like a water... Like swampy thing? Some or? kind. Some kind of water course. And uh, he's sort of floating around, and he's looking around, and he's looking around, and he's seeing all these things. I sort of felt like it was almost a little bit of overkill. I was like, we get it. Oz is beautiful. Yeah. Like, it just seemed a little bit too, like, being shoved in my face. Yeah. Uh, Actually, it's interesting you say that. I also felt that the whole sequence of him being in the uh, tornado was a little long. Oh, I thought that was fine. I, I I think part of it's because in the original movie, like you see, it happens very quickly, and then she sees things happening around, but that's it. Whereas I felt this was almost a little too prolonged, a little bit like, oh, what's gonna happen? I know what's happening. Just get there. And then you're right. They, it's hard. I, but there's that whole part in the in the thing where he says, "I don't want to die." And he's talking to a higher power of some kind. You're right. And he says, "I don't want to die. Don't let me die." I can be better. I promise I'll do better. Yeah. Or something no, along those you're lines. You're right. I think so this... I think that gives it time to be like... I mean, if they just made it really quick, you wouldn't get the sense that he was afraid for his life. Okay. And he was no, calling just... out to the heavens to save him. You Whereas defend the point like, well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you do. I get a point. Yes, you do. Okay. So the score is five for me and two for you. <laughs> Aw. Yeah. Um, now, what, what did you feel about the use of green screen or... Special effects to attain the colors and the, the things around him. One of the nice things about the original Wizard of Oz is that it was all real stuff. Like it was, they they actually made up sets and stuff to look so colorful. And I felt it almost lost a little because you knew it wasn't real. For the most part, like you I know, mean, that's walk- a product of the time, so that's not. I yeah. Mean, you're oh, going, I, you're I, looking at. I know it is an old movie backwards and saying, "Oh, it was great that they didn't have to try so hard. Like no, they didn't no. have the technology." No, but so, I think that's a good thing to not always use the technology. I like practical effects. I like. Uh, I was not offended by the use of. I'm not saying I was offended. I just I like. No, I, I, are I real. thought I thought they adds a different weight to but it. Some of the stuff wasn't real, like those trees that try and eat you, like. I know. I mean, you're going to a fantasy land and then saying, no, they should use real stuff. Well, it's fantasy. I just want some stuff to be real. You want them to build a castle so that... I want them to build some sets. I mean, I know I I want them to spend a little bit more money on some of the stuff. That's all. Um, That's right, everyone. Adam Chapman just advocated spending more money, (laughs) which is hilarious for anyone who knows him. Continue. Thank you. Um, Good to do the music by Danny Elfman. Uh, you know, <laughs> nope. No, I should just let you comment on the music. I am not someone who really notices those kinds of things. Um, it's just, I will notice it if it's really bad. Like, oh my god, the music was distracting, mm. or it didn't fit, or what were they trying to do? I will definitely notice if it's bad. Did, did you but notice that there was music? If it's done well. I knew there was no, no, music. No, no, I don't mean that in a stupid way. I mean, for example, when I saw the Amazing Spider-Man movie, if you asked me how the music was in there, 
I'll be hard pressed to tell you because it wasn't a huge part of the. Well, that's my narrative. point. Like, if it's done horribly, I'll notice, and if it's the most amazing thing ever, I'll notice. But if it's anywhere in that medium, you know, yeah. adequate level, okay, I'm not gonna really have a comment. So, I'm sensing that you do. Uh it wasn't. It wasn't bad, but Dan- Danny Elfman. It's not his best score. <laughs> Danny Elfman. I feel like he's come to this point where when you hear his music, you hear five or six other movies because. He has certain themes and certain uh, elements of his instrumentation that he, he repeats, uh, even if it's just little pieces of it. So you'll hear little pieces of his other movies. Overall, I mean, it, it was maybe not as fantastical at times as it could have been. Um, I One thing I thought was missing as well is there was no real... And I know you can't really do this in this day and age, but like, the original one had a sing-songy atmosphere. Like, there's a few songs, only a couple, but like, how many songs was in the original Wizard of Oz? There's Somewhere Over the Rainbow, the iconic tune. Uh, you have the Munchkin singing, the, I guess the Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. Mm-hmm. You've got, isn't there a song in Oz? Like Welcome to Oz? Or? Um, no, well, there's, there's the, 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 the one song? where they go to get the spa. They go to yeah, like, get cleaned up. In the Mario Land of Oz, yeah. something like that? Yeah. Okay. And then I guess technically there's the, you know, we're off to see the wizard. Yeah. So that's four songs, arguably. Okay. And there was none here. So this one wasn't a musical. It wasn't a musical at all. I know, but I just... So feel... for those of you just tuning in, <laughs> not a musical. I'm, I'm not asking it to be a musical. I just... But you just said... I, would have, I wouldn't have minded a song or two. Something built in. Like, I don't know. I, I, there's something about... The, if you're going to make... When you say you're doing, uh, you know, Osgood and Powerful, and it's very clearly set in that kind of world, and you're... I feel like trying to insert a random sing-along song into the middle of a movie that's not a musical by nature is going to feel a little forced. But why can't it be by nature? For example, since we like 15-year-old movies, uh, everyone loves high school movies. You see, she's all that, and they decide, oh, let's have a choreographed dance scene. Did that feel organic to you? No! It's totally forced. I know. They tried to insert things like that in because they were popular. So I'm not just trying it's to po- insert a sing-songy Because it's in, you know, it's in the brand. Number. It's part of the brand. I'm not no, asking them to have a I dance number. I would argue number. that it's not. I, I wouldn't mind like a little munchkin singing the, hey, the Oz the Great and Powerful's here. Well, obviously we could have used some Lollipop Guild, but that's besides the point. Yeah, no, I was upset we didn't see more Lollipop Guild at all. <laughs> Actually, I didn't see any because I went to the bathroom. I missed the munchkins. Oh, yeah, that's right. You missed part of the introduction of the munchkins. Yeah. That's kind of sad. Well, there's a lot of parts I could have missed. It was not the worst okay. time for me to go. Um, what about the, the direction by Sam Raimi? Did it feel like a Sam Raimi movie to you? There's a few points in particular where it definitely felt like a Sam Raimi movie. I'll let you carry this part um, of the conversation. Now, were you in the room when, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you were still in the theater, I don't know if you'd gone to the washroom or not, but when Theodora was having her big change. Yeah, you, how long do you think I was in the bathroom for? I don't, I don't remember when you were. I only missed the munchkins. Okay, so when she's behind the table and she yeah, reaches no, her no. hand up and she scrapes it along with her fingernails, yeah. that's a Sam Raimi movie. Which is in the preview. I know, I'm just yeah. saying. It's still a Sam Raimi thing. Like, that's one of the things oh, where I'm is. like, yeah... Like, even in Spider-Man 2, there's a girl who does that. <laughs> like, where she... Doc Ock's arms going everywhere, and she's like, ah! And she has her nails on the ground, and she gets... And it's just nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... The only thing I'm... I guess he, he couldn't have input it in here, but maybe it was somewhere in the background in the whirling tornado, but he always has a... I forget what model car, but there's always a car he has in every... And it's not in this one? I don't think so. Did I don't you think Google it? I didn't Google it. So it could be in there. It could be. Look for it. In the background, maybe. Hidden Mickey's. Go. But it's almost... Im- 
But it's almost impossible because it's like a, like this is set in like nineteen what oh four or five. It'd be really hard to have like a nineteen seventies car. We're not all about facts on this podcast. Well, sometimes. I mean, sometimes I'm not. No. No. Um, anything particularly? Anything else you kind of wanted to, to say about it? I mean, we've touched on elements of the story, the characters. You thought it looked nice. <laughs> Wow. What do you think of the 3D? Uh, okay, I'm not a fan of 3D, but it was well done. I like when I, I don't like. There was 3D a couple moments that I was like, "Oh, that was cool," but just overall, I excuse me, I could do without it. And There's a few I of those moments. I don't like wearing the glasses. Yeah. And I don't like paying extra to see movies in 3D. I felt there was a few of those moments where, like, "Oh, look, what's in 3D? So we have to have this happen." Like things jutting up. Like at gimmicks. You. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of. Everyone kind of does that. Yeah, I didn't mind them because. I felt like I get my money's worth a little more. Well, one thing I do like is that if you if, if it's going to be in 3D, I would prefer at least that you filmed it in 3D. Right. You've you've been a big proponent for that in because the past. Because at least then, like, you meant for it to be this way, and maybe you filmed it a little bit differently. So when I watch it, there's a few things that wouldn't feel the same. Like, I this is my guilty pleasure movie was Step Up 3, and it was filmed in 3D. Yes, I, Kelly's making a face at me. Don't tell people your secret shame. It's okay. Um, so when we saw Step Up 3, I wanted to see it in 3D because it was filmed in 3D. And it was one of those films that really made use of that. So I felt that the 3D here wasn't bad, again, because they it was meant to be. It yeah. always feels a little different. You can tell if it's just been tacked on. And then it usually feels yes. a lot more forced. Oh, I can always tell. Well, like, when we saw Thor in 3D, I think. Uh, I didn't. That was a movie. Oh, no? You weren't with us? No. That was a movie that very much felt like they added this in post-conversion. Not necessary. And it was kind of sloppy. You didn't, right. Like you can watch that movie and you're, you don't I'm miss anything. I'm not someone who would notice, but I understand that it's uh, annoying for, for you. For me. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And the, any closing thoughts on Oz the Great and Powerful? Go see it. That Really? That that strong? Yeah, I recommend it. Okay. Recom- <laughs> mocking me because that was my favorite thing to say in every comic review I've ever written. Adam recommends a lot of things. Not Yeah, I do. Okay, so you would recommend this movie? I recommend it. Would you give it uh, out of ten? Well, don't you give everything eight? Wow. I'd probably give it an eight or a nine. You give it an eight or a nine? It was good. It wasn't. Oh my god, greatest movie! I have to buy it right now. Um, but I'm glad I went to see it. I think it's a good family-friendly movie. Like you could take kids, maybe not little. Yeah, kids, it's but a little scary. You could take your kids to see it for like um, a three-year-old. Oh no, no, don't take a three-year-old. I'm not saying. But you that. could take a three-year-old Wizard of Oz, the original. Okay. Although that's scary too, actually. There are scary moments. Yeah. Flying monkeys. Oh, I did want to touch on one other point that I sort of forgot about. Um, The evil baboons? The flying monkeys. Yeah. Or whatever they are. They were huge. They were huge. They were terrifying. Um, So they obviously, because it's a prequel, they get friendlier. Maybe they just age and... Yeah, you know, or they, they get, get skin, skinnier and Their they don't... teeth aren't as vicious. Yeah, and then later on they just like grab people and they fly. Yeah, but um, one thing I wanted to mention, we talked about things that could possibly be included in the uh, second movie if there was one to okay. fill in the gaps, you know, the lack of the ruby slippers and whatnot. Okay. But in this case, the flying monkeys belong to the Wicked Witch of the East. And yeah. in Wizard of Oz, they belong to the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. And I mean, obviously in this one, well, Mila Kunis doesn't start out evil, so she can't no. have evil minions. But she ends up being a little bit more evil by the end, so maybe they gravitate towards that. Like she takes her sister's minions? Or her sister dies. I have and then a sister, she gets and I feel like she would not be like, hey, 
I've got these minions. Go 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 for it. They're pretty it. mindless though, so I mean, it's not True. like there's feel to. Involved. You think they both just use the minions? I think they do because we do. I mean, in the beginning of Wizard of Oz, the one sister dies, so yeah, we don't so really then, know who they belong to. So they just show up and be like, "Hey, your sister's dead, but we're here." To whom they belonged? To whom they belonged? <laughs> um, no, that's a good point. I I don't know. And, and well, that's one thing I wondered. Like, you have um, the Zach Braff, uh, you know, monkey. Who's different than every other monkey? Who they belong to. You're really thinking of the grammar still? Who they be- Sorry, well, I, I, sorry. You're a grammar nerd. I get it. No, I... Um, yeah, I, I kind of wish there was some consistency because he's a flying monkey, but then the other ones are like flying evil baboons who are mindless, just all mouth, and really big. Like, I think that was they a big thing. They don't wear bellhop uniforms. And they don't wear cute little bellhop uniforms. And one thing uh, I liked at the beginning, and they didn't really play it up in any other point, but when he when the Oz first arrived, he's in the water, and Theodora doesn't want to come in and help him. Like, she's not getting in the water. Obviously, we know why she doesn't get near water, because water's, like, acid to her, and she'll die. But it was kind of an interesting perspective. No? Sorry, I was still on that hoo-hoo thing. I'm good. I'm good now. Are you good it. now? Yeah, I got it. Are you with me? Yeah, I got it. So what did you think about that? Like, and then, like, they're in the waterfall, and then there's, like, the waterfall on each each side, and they're crawling up into, like, that crevice to get away from the creatures. And each time I was looking, like, is she going to get burned by the water? But she didn't. But she wasn't evil. Is that what it... But, oh, but they, they kind of played with that, because she never touched the water. So I, th- I thought she was still oh. being very careful. Like, he crash Possibly. lands, and she doesn't come and extend a hand and get in the water at all. She's outside the water until he gets out. That's true, and she does say, I would get out of the water if I were you. I yeah. mean, she's talking about the little biting fairies. So, I don't and I don't know. Is it Interesting, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, does Glinda ever get in the water, now that I think of it? Like, I don't, like, are all witches, regardless of being good or bad, affected by water? I don't know, and is it, Or is it only the Wicked Witch of the West? It might just be her. Could be because but, if it was if it was all of them, yeah, I'll say Glinda was just bring a bucket of water everywhere. <laughs> no, but like then Glinda would have been like, Psst, Dorothy, Psst, water. She yeah. sort of accidentally discovered. Well, maybe she doesn't want her to kill anybody. Glinda never advocated killing. No, but like, in fact, they say like they, they they don't kill anyone in Oz. Who says? Doesn't Glinda say you can't kill them? Someone says you oh you can't kill. Well, Theodore I think mentions that you can't kill people. No one dies in Oz. It's mentioned a couple okay, times. Okay, I believe you. I don't remember this. I think you made it up. I did not make it up because well, you said I'm gonna I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill something and like oh we don't kill. Okay. Okay. Anyway, it's not important. <laughs> Obviously, you don't kill people in Oz. Yeah. Except Got for it. unless you're Dorothy, who's a big, I guess she is a murderer, isn't she? Yeah. I hadn't really thought of it. Well, have you seen that? There's a joke. It's movies descri- like movie descriptions written yeah. after the fact. Okay. And. uh the one for Wizard of Oz is a stranger goes to a far off land, kills the person she meets, and then teams up with three psychopaths to kill another. <laughs> Which is a fair description. Not only that, she robs from the person she first killed. Yeah. Because she did steal from her. Yeah, she did. She steals her, her shoes. Which is, I guess, in a family heirloom. Yep. Kills won't... the first person she sees, steals her shoes, and sets off to kill another person. Yep. So, I mean, that's a good family-friendly movie. Take your kids. Yeah, and demanding that, that they let her go home. Like, <laughs> she's stuck here. Yeah. Let me go home. If you don't, I'm going to bring this place down. Yeah. Uh, so, in summary, I thought it was good. Take your kids, not the little ones. Yeah. And It uh... was an enjoyable film. I, I'm not as old on the zoo, but I'm still about seven, seven and a half. Ooh, seven and a half. <laughs> I still enjoyed it. I mean, it, 
I still had some issues with parts of it, but I mean, overall, it was still enjoyable. And Zach Braff was fantastic. He was Zach Braff. He was he amazing. He wasn't really playing a character. He's playing himself. But I thought that was some much-needed levity. And and uh, again, you need you needed to have a character that Oz could talk off of and springboard ideas and jokes and you could get more of a sense of how the change in him was occurring and you couldn't have had that without a a character like um yeah. like him and I'm I'm glad that they found a way to kind of make sense that why he's sticking by him and he can't help it and cuz he's got this bond which I liked. Yeah. Um but by the end they're friends. By the end they're partners and friends. So no, I like that. I mean like you know there is more progression than maybe I originally was um giving it credit. I've come for. around. I've come around a little. Maybe it gets an eight. No, not an eight. Nice try, though. All right. Well, that about sums it up for us today. Yep. So thanks for joining us for episode 64, our spotlight on the Oz and the Great and Powerful. Um, what? Don't say it as dramatic. Oz, the Great and Powerful. Wow. Okay. Say it like that. I, I won't, but you okay. just did, so you did it for me. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You yep. can like us on Facebook, or if you have an iPod or iPhone, uh, if you go to comicshenanigans.podbean.com dot com slash mobile you can uh, actually add this um the comic shenanigans app to your ipod or iphone we're still working on getting it set up for android so look forward to that in the future yeah, let uh, us know if you like the movie and uh as well you know if there's movies coming out that you'd like to hear a show spotlight on uh, i think we're doing one for iron man for sure yeah uh, probably for wolverine probably, probably wolverine as well can't wait some for of the that. bigger movies obviously the the comic movies um, but if there's something coming out and you want to hear about it, you know, let us know. Probably not G.I. Joe. Uh, well, we'll see. I'll tell you right now what I think about G.I. Joe. Uh, I love Bruce Willis. Okay. And I love me some rock. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, that Walking Tall movie, amazing. He, like, beats up the whole town with a stick. It's great. <laughs> um, but I don't want to see them in G.I. Joe. I'm just not well, sure. Well, they've recut it, right? Because whatever. I'm not sure. I'd be interested to how see how that's gonna go. What the original movie looked like, and then what it looks like after the eight months of tinkering. Well, you're never going to. I know. I'll never get to. Well, maybe they'll have it as a special feature someday. So, in summary, Spotlight's coming up, not on GI Joe. Uh, yeah, there'll be Wolverine, Man of Steel, Iron Man three. If it's a comic book movie, we'll probably talk about it. If it's Star Trek, we'll probably talk about it. We have a lot of movie episodes this summer. Maybe some Monsters University. Yeah, no, we could do that. (laughs) Maybe. No, I'd love to. Okay. It's 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 you know it's our podcast. We'll see if we can get Amber in on that one. We do whatever. (laughs) She doesn't like prequels, does she? No. Oh. But then I I pointed out that you guys like origin stories. She does not like origin stories. She's tired of origin stories. So this movie would not work for her because this is an origin story for the Wizard of Oz. Got it. Don't take Amber. Take your kids, not Amber. (laughs) And not too little kids. Okay. Okay. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time. Um, thank you to my special guest. Me. What was your name? You know me. You got to say your name, though. Kelly. <laughs> Kelly Chapman. And I'm Adam Chapman. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>